Hello everyone, my name is Roy Peretz and I'm here in West Glacier, Montana. We left New York City four months ago to live in an airstream, travel across the U.S. to discover this beautiful country and rediscover ourselves. One of the biggest coconuts Ron and I are holding is our career coconut. I have been working in the fashion industry for two decades, and while I love design and fashion, I forgot to check myself to make sure my path aligns with my values and dreams. Although I dropped that coconut a while ago, I still find myself diving into conversations with Ron about it, and I thought it would be a good idea to reach out to a friend of ours, Megan Hu. Megan is an executive recruiter, a luxury and specialty retail master coach, and the host of the fabulous podcast, Pivot with Purpose, where she discusses career development and executive leadership. If our conversation sparks something within you, or you have a drop the coconut moment that you would like to share, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at dropthecoconut, on LinkedIn, and on Facebook. I hope you enjoy it, and thank you for jumping on our coconut wagon today. Wow, my career coconut, probably one of the biggest ones. Maybe because I traveled across the Atlantic Ocean for it. Maybe because I left my family behind to fulfill my dreams. Recently, I realized that I was so busy fulfilling that dream that I forgot to check if that dream was still there. I am first to admit that I wanted the big titles and money. I was willing to work extra hard for them. And as Ron and I reflect on this coconut constantly, we know that it used to serve a purpose in our lives. But we keep sorting out the gifts that we take with us and the ones that we leave behind. I recently thought of someone who can help me dig into this a little bit further. Hello, Roy. How are you? Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for reaching out. Yes. Of course. How's Boston? Boston's great. Um, certainly getting lots of activity now with colleges. We're, we're a college city, that is for sure. So all the students are coming back and, you know, transitioning into my favorite season, fall. So very much looking forward to this time coming. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was pretty hot there in the past few weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, like everywhere, right? I mean, we get the, like the heat waves and then we can, we just, we're Northeastern or Northeast people. So we just complain about the weather all the time. It doesn't matter <laughs> what it is. It could be like beautiful. And we're like, oh, it's too nice out. We complain about the weather all the time, but we're running away from the weather because we move every time the weather gets right? bad. You're like, bye. So, yeah, bye. <laughs> see you later. On to the next. Exactly. Yeah. And Megan, we actually met through my husband, Ron. Uh, yeah. We had a fabulous dinner in Boston. Uh, where I, uh, first of all, got to meet you and see how stylish you are. So I thought that this was immediate connection. And then learning a little bit about you, you are a senior executive recruiter. You're a luxury and specialty retail master coach. And you have a podcast, Pivot with Purpose, that is about career development and executive leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about you through these three lenses? Sure. Yes. Well, um, I hope you guys get back to Boston soon so we can do another fabulous dinner. So the invite yeah. is there. Um, yeah. But yes, no, thank you so much. So through through all the lenses, 
I've now coined myself as almost like a one-stop shop for all things careers and personal development. So hashtag yeah. trademark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, as an executive recruiter, oh my gosh, going on 10 years wow. recruiting in the industry of luxury fashion, specialty consumer products, you know, working with big global fashion brands, um, fine jewelry brands, wellness, fitness, home and design brands, to small startups that we support and everybody in between. Definitely keep us very busy and active, recruiting on projects in retail, corporate, and wholesale all across North America. So we say I have friends in all different markets at all levels. And um, with that, yes, on the coaching side of things, as a master coach, really through the pandemic, this came out where I saw a bigger opportunity for me to serve others in a different way. So with recruiting, I always, you know, I've been kind of talking about this often, but it's not about being an agent for people. You know, I'm actually hired for my clients mm-hmm. to be able to recruit for them. But I think for the candidates that come to me and want to work with me as a recruiter, sometimes I might not always have a job for you. But, you know, I think with this coaching offering now that really came through, uh, went through a 16-week master accreditation program through Uh, the World Coaching Institute and the ICF, where I have foundational coaching training, Mm -hmm. uh, really pivoted to um, support another offering for those coming to me, where now I work one-on-one with people and in groups on coaching uh, for career pivots, uh, resume updating, LinkedIn, interview skills, you know, whatever it is. Um, Certainly, it can kind of help you get to that next level, even if I can't work with you from a recruitment point of view. And it's not because I don't want to, you know, I I can only work with people when I have jobs for them. (laughs) So it it ebbs and flows. And then Pivot with Purpose just kind of came through again, you know, wanting to take that moment Truly, I I think it was like late fall in the pandemic where I'm like, we got stories to tell. And um, there are some incredible people out there that have pivoted and have gotten through some really tough times as as well that this community needs to hear about. So it really grew. And yes, Ron was one of my first uh, interviews on there as he's just such a loved uh, person in the industry and and such a, a great, smart passionate individual. So I was so grateful for him. And and that's kind of like how it all started. And then it's just been snowballing into three seasons. And we talked to everybody from authors to business owners to executives, all about career pivots and struggles and journeys and triumphs. So yeah, that's kind of the three tier ways that you can work and engage with me. um, But a lot very much focused on kind of career and meaningful life pivots. I love that. And I felt that from the moment we met. And then I learned about everything that you do. And you know that I talk about coconuts and dropping the coconuts. And one of the biggest coconuts that I've uh, had and still have uh, that I think about every single day is my career coconut, really. So I thought I need a career therapist. And I Mm -hmm. thought who could be better than Megan to talk about it. Uh, So (laughs) I'm really happy that you took my call. And before I dive into the career coconut that I have, I wanted to ask if you can share with us a drop the coconut moment that changed the course of your life. And how did you achieve it? Yeah. Oh, man, I've been thinking about this often. There's like a few coconuts that I feel like I've dropped. But I think the first coconut, um, it was definitely perfection. Um, You know, I think for me, coming through service in, in corporate environments where you're measured 
on performance, on being perfect, (laughs) on audits, on conforming, on following the rules. Um, You know, if you're not following the rules, there's action plans that follow there. And, And that, you know, at some point really is super stressful. And I think that's when I learn for my pivot in terms of like getting out of stores and then being on the other side of it where I am real, really helping people and, and doing that recruited and talent function. But I think perfectionism is something that just gets in our heads and also holds us back from doing other things mm-hmm. because, you know, we have to be like, oh, we have to do this right or I'm not going to start a business or I'm, or I'm not going to, you know, go on to my next journey if it's not perfect, you know, right. and, and there's no perfect anything. There's no perfect job. There's no perfect way to do anything (laughs) these days. You know, you just have to start. Right. And I think for me, dropping that perfectionism coconut, taking on a role in talent acquisition and coming on to the Bowerman Group 10 years ago was like, okay, I don't know what I don't know, and that's okay. And um, I think, like, really that first and foremost – really kind of changed the trajectory of my life because it got me onto this path where, again, over the past 10 years, I've been really helping people. And then again in 2020, um, knowing as maybe a lot of people started off January 2020 of saying like, this is going to be the best year ever. We're going to crush it. <laughs> you know, like we're going to do all the things. And March came, we're like, nope, just kidding. <laughs> you know, then it's it's dropping that. And I felt like there was something in my soul that I was like called to do more of. So I know mm-hmm. I was on a mission in early 2020, yeah. but to drop the perfectionism where, oh my gosh, recruitment, you know, got so scary and it would have been so easy for me to sit in fear and just be like, okay, I'm not doing anything else like what what's going on with the world with the economy like we had no idea what was next like remember we thought it's like oh two weeks we'll be back okay like three and a half months later and now we're like still through all the things we're dealing with it really was something that if I didn't say Megan you just got to start and get out there you know on the coaching journey on the journey to build my podcast you know I'd probably still be kind of doing the same things and and not have the experiences maybe not even be talking to you today or or have all the great networking opportunities I've had now that I've stood on my own two feet. So again, I will say like the perfectionism coconut, definitely, I think a lot of people kind of struggle with, but um, it doesn't have to be perfect. I, I think messy is better than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I like love just messy. get yourself love, out there. I love messy. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a big coconut that really changed the course of my life as the Virgo type A in me. Yeah. I'm like, it's all <laughs> got to be perfect. It's all got to be lined up. And it's like, it really doesn't. And I, I think dropping that perfectionism has led to so many things opening up for me and also learning so much about myself in the journey as well. I love that because I think this perfectionism comes in so many places in our lives. It can be non-career related, but in every career, in every path, whether you're in retail, in service with people, or if you sit behind a desk, it shows up somewhere. And when I say drop the coconut, it sounds like it happens in a moment. It happens like I can pinpoint a time and a place where it happened. But I found that doing that really takes a long time. It can take even years to master that or to let go of that. Did you find that it takes time to do that or you one day woke up and it was, that's it, I'm letting it go? No, I mean a combination. So I think over time with with age comes wisdom and experience. Yes. <laughs> so I embrace 
the age I'm at now where people say like, oh, I wish I was younger. No way. I, young, I was broke. I was sad. No. <laughs> Here I am, like in my 40s, living my best life. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I think over time, it was perfectionism and then also people pleasing, right? Like I think they're intertwined at times because in a perfectionism mindset, you're also looking to make other people happy because okay. of the way that you're doing things, you know? So it definitely was a slow burn where I I think, again, early 2020 was like frustrated and yeah. feeling like depressed and kind of like a little down and out and just like super hard on myself. And I've just been like that my whole life. Um, also a child burning the candle at both ends, you know, let me yeah. do all the things. And um, and I was like, there, it, the time is now to change. So I think it was a slow burn to then get to the point of like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, I don't want to feel like this. Like, I have more to offer. I'm holding myself back mm -hmm. because I'm acting or, or feeling this way in fear or having to be like perfect and like things all having to like line up and come together. I was like, no, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely feel like it was a combination of both. But like we all have those moments, right? Even in situations or being in a bad work environment or bad relationship, at some point you're going to be pushed to your limit and it's like enough enough yeah, already absolutely. you know absolutely so. and i've been pushed quite a few times i have to tell mm -hmm. you that pushing that happened through the years brought me actually to say at some point and i wrote a post about it um a few weeks ago that my career is over and i'm so grateful for it and this is where we're going to dive into the career coconut that i'm holding yeah. and probably will hold for a long time and i said my career is over and i'm grateful for it because i felt that every time that i go to an interview or talk to a recruiter they look at my resume and they put me in a box. They mm. look at it and say, this is where you've been through your life uh, or through your career. This is what you've done. And this, these are the boxes that you can fit in. But I don't think that I've ever met someone who will look through my resume and see my potential as a candidate or someone that has had a lot of experience. I wanted to see if you can unlock this for us a little bit. Is it today more about the career path that you had or about your capabilities and how you can translate these capabilities into a new job, something that you maybe haven't done before? But all we need is someone to see that potential. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that as the saying goes, um, our career is just like a journey for our lives, right? It, it doesn't define us, like it shapes us. <laughs> yeah. But to yeah. our core, um, we show up in the world how how we are. And I think the right brands and the right opportunities um, are how we get hired and, and like how we resonate with people and like what skills and things that we can bring to the table. I mean, it's, it's so tricky now because I agree with you. I think in recruiting, you know, especially as I said in the beginning, you know, there's a, a responsibility to like make sure um, going back to perfection, you find that like perfect candidate. Again, there's no perfect candidate. You know, at some point, somebody's not checking all the boxes, but right. you know, you have to be kind of flexible of like where else you see the potential in them in a skill set, in a culture fit. You know, mm. I would say like this day and age, it, it is you know, you could have a resume where everyone, you know, everything checks the boxes and that person gets in and they're just like not jiving with the team. So, you know, I feel like what the pandemic truly did, and I know it was happening a little bit in the beginning, but like there have been brands that are not willing to take as many risks as mm -hmm. they used to um, yeah. and saying like, 
okay, you know, again, we have to like have somebody that really checks it and, and, oh, it's going to be an eight interview process because we don't want to make a hiring mistake and be blamed for it. So we're tying in eight people and it's just, it's become so exhausting, Roy, (laughs) you know? And there are definitely pluses with working with recruiters. I think for me in the relationship I have with my clients, first and foremost, if you are not working with a recruiter, no one can, can better advocate for themselves than you. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to like stand in your power and your story and own it unapologetically of like, this is my experience. This is what I can bring to the table. This is how I can be your hiring solution. And yeah. just like hit it. You got to nail these interviews. But on the other side of it, working with a recruiter that can see someone like you and your potential and know what some of those soft skills are as well, yeah. you know, then I'm able to go to the table for you and say, hey, listen. Maybe this has been an X, Y, and Z journey that they've taken, and this is why. You know, I kind of, like, answer all, like, the the white elephant questions <laughs> off yeah. the bat, you know, where you'd have to deal with them in the interview process, or maybe they wouldn't even ask you and just kind of pass pass you along. But, you know, here's, here's where they've been. This is why I think you should talk to them. This is where I think they should come in and add value based on the conversations that we've had. Um, and we can really advocate for you as well. So I think that um, it, it's definitely been a tricky time. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are like super frustrated about not getting noticed. But again, um, your career journey is something to be really proud of and and know that at the end of the day, if you want to do something different, if maybe it's your time to get out of what you're doing, it's it's okay. You know, we've yeah. all pivoted. Look at my pivot with purpose. Um, you know, there's so many things I'm kind of building on this side where maybe, you know, I'm going to go in some different directions here in the future. And where I've worked too has been great, but I could have easily stayed along the path at LVMH and just like kept going. But I'm like, no, I meant for more. I meant for bigger. I want to stand on my own. I want to work with all kinds of people. So I think it's really understanding like what you want, what you don't want, owning your story, being unapologetic about it. And if you're out there looking to get hired, the right brands will recognize. But I think that there's an opportunity too for maybe people to better advocate for themselves. And and that's just not something that we're ever taught or comfortable doing at times, you know? Why are we not comfortable saying good things about ourselves. I know, because we're just never, it's not something we're like trained to do. <laughs> you know, my friend Meredith Feynman writes a whole book about brag better. Uh, you know, bragging is like the art of self-promotion. Yeah. It's just not because I think it's seen at times for some of those people that are what Meredith calls in her book, like the qualified quiet. So mm. you're just doing your job. You're working your tail off and you're you're getting things done and results, but you're not screaming from the rooftops that you're doing that, right? And, yeah. um, you know, the, also the saying goes in the book, it's like, no one's going to know what you do unless you tell them. But I think there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame that goes into like, oh, I don't want to seem cocky or yeah. overconfident. Especially or, in fashion, I feel Especially like. in fashion. Or, Roy, you probably know, you have those alpha, very loud, yeah. very <laughs> yes. loud and proud people yes. that are screaming from the rooftops, look at me, but you're like, hmm, what have yeah. you actually done, though? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know. Like, mm, some of the yeah. loudest people are not the more the most productive ones at times. I'm, I know we're going to sit and we can all name one person that we know that works with them. So I will challenge you if you can't. I know. I always thought that my work will speak for itself. That's what I said. I said, my work will speak for, for itself. I don't need to speak for it. Yeah. 
but I've learned with time that it's not yeah. enough that you no. are the best at what you do or that yeah. you work really hard or that you are at the office from seven o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock at night. At the end of the day, you have to stand up and say, yes. this is what I did and this is my success. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it just becomes an expectation. Oh, Roy shows up, he does his job, he's here, he's always available. And then, yeah, maybe when it's review time or time, you know, to present or whatever, you're putting your best foot forward. But uh, what I've been doing with working with some of my clients and kind of putting some of the things out there I do on LinkedIn through my newsletters is we all need to start um, work work journals or journals about, um, you know, the things where we are, what we're doing and, and kind of where we are in life of what are you really proud of? You know, think right. about like monthly. And I don't know, I, I'm not somebody that super gets up in journals every day, but I've been trying to be more mindful of like, okay, like this month, like, what am I really excited that I did? Or like, what's like a great win? And I think if we really start to sit down and outline and keep better track for our own selves, not just at like review time, or when someone asks us like, okay, like, what have you been up to? It's like, well, let me let me share. Let me tell you, you know, let me tell you what I'm proud of. So it is a little responsibility on us. But like, for anyone listening, if you are feeling like, you know, that qualified quiet and you you really want to find your voice, start start to speak up, start to share, you know, people want to want to hear. And I think like, again, no one's going to know what you do unless you tell them. So yeah, it's really true. powerful when you can find that voice. That's true. And, you know, part of the reason that I stayed for so long in the career that I've had was because I felt obligated to do it. I felt that mm-hmm. I need to because I need to provide for myself. I need to make sure that I stand on my feet. I need to make sure I don't take money from my parents. And I keep thinking about my grandparents and my grandmother who started her own business at age 18, which is almost 70 years ago. And she opened a kindergarten. And for seven years to this day, she wakes up in the morning and tries to think how to trick us into going into her kindergarten to work. And I kept thinking about my grandmother because I think about that generation when they started to go to work and they had to provide for their families. They just went to work. There was no question there of am I happy? Am I not happy? Should I change jobs? Should I not change jobs? I'm going to work because I have to provide for my families. I have four kids to feed. And I'm not asking this question, am I happy or not? And I feel like with my parents' generation was the same thing. And my generation, and especially young generation today, they're asking themselves more often, are we happy at what we do? Mm -hmm. Do you find that to be true? Because I see that all over the place, but I wanted to ask your opinion about it. Oh, one million percent. I mean, I think that was a key topic, especially coming through mostly last year, you know, as we kind of were re-emerging in the summer and you saw the great resignation. Yeah. I think a lot of people had many months at home and routines changed a bit to really sit with themselves and say, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? <laughs> yeah. Who am I working with? Who am I working for? And I will say the biggest happiness factor, there's two job satisfactions. One, working in an environment where you feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. And working with a leader, as Ron so beautifully talks about in his book, that is compassionate, curious, mm-hmm. empathetic. You know, gone are the like crack the whip days. Um, again, like I, same generation, like I have 
grown up in that initial mindset of like work, 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 survival, work for the craziest bosses. I got called a robot once, whatever, you know, just be like treated like not well. And then, you know, it's this evolution. And I'm so happy, Roy, that we're talking about this now. I think it's been far too long where people have stayed because they're afraid, oh, I can't get another job or it's going to be the same way somewhere else. So I think like company cultures and environments and who you work for is everything. And then the second is job satisfaction. Yeah. Um, there's definitely people that are underutilized. Yeah. Of or course. um or then on the flip side, overloaded, doing way too much. Hmm. And um it's fine. You know, there's definitely opportunities where you have to wear a lot of hats, but then at the detriment of someone's time, mental health, stress, you know, someone like Megan Houle that would then have to feel like she needs to get everything perfect. So you're staying up like all hours of the night. So it's company cultures and job satisfaction now, because I do think there are so many more opportunities out there than, than our parents had, you know, than the traditional maybe teacher. And my dad was in, um, he was in the post office for a long time and, you know, that the mail delivery guy and did some things. So, I mean, I think like, yeah, it, it's definitely a different generation, but I think the catalysts truly are teams, people, cultures, and job satisfaction, you know? I love that. And I actually didn't think about the idea that we have much more opportunities presented to us every day yeah. than our grandparents or our parents had, yeah. be, that, be through internet or through word of mouth, but... The opportunities are bigger and many more opportunities are showing up at your door. But I keep wondering, I kept my job for 20 years and I was afraid to make the move. I was afraid to change. I didn't ask myself, am I happy? But I'm wondering if today, if a lot of people ask themselves every morning, am I happy? Can we sustain a healthy workforce that is out there and doing a great job every day? Because, of course, there's, you know, there are ups and downs, right? There's there's right. great months and there's a bad month. And But if you ask yourself every day, am I happy? And based on that, you decide to leave a job. Mm-hmm. Can we maintain a good, healthy workforce? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're going to be at your best when you're working and getting up every day, feeling good about what you're doing. You know, so I definitely think that it's absolutely attainable. I mean, if you're waking up every day super stressed, like regretting <laughs> logging yeah. in, um, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, feeling like what's going to come at me today, you're already feeling crappy and then your boss yells at you and like kicks you when you're down, um, you know, just like yeah. keeps piling on. Like, uh, as we've seen too, life is so precious and short. It's like do something that fuels your soul. And absolutely, there are incredible opportunities out there at all levels via retail or creative or digital marketing, e-com, like so much is evolving. These yeah. awesome brands are evolving now um, that are really catching strides, like new companies that come to us like every day where I'm like, oh my gosh, such a cool concept. So <laughs> I would do a gut check because working at something where you're just feeling like you're grinding it, it I mean, it really, it, ju- it definitely wears on you. And then you're never going to be able to find a new job because you're going to be interviewing continuously from a place of frustration or an emotional place. And that is definitely not where you want to start off an interview process. It, that comes out. Your energy walks through the door before you do. I love that. I, I never thought about it this way. I think that I had it in the back of my mind. But now when you say that, 
it really impacts the way that I reflect back on every interview that I've had and the points in my life where I did try to move. Mm-hmm. And it was out of fear. And mm-hmm. I think that it showed up somewhere. You know, it showed yes. up in the interview. It showed up in the process itself. It wasn't from a place of confidence. Right. And and yeah. I know that I had a lot of things to drop, a lot of coconuts to drop, if to, to speak the language. And when you talk to people who are looking to change their careers, What are some coconuts that you see them holding that prevent them from making the move? Yeah, fear. I mean, especially if someone's coming from like a bad work environment or a bad experience, the, you know, don't let the sins of the past come in to affect your future because not every company is going to be like that. Not every boss is going to be like that. And that really holds people back. And they question every part of the interview process versus just like you said, showing up super confident, going with the flow. Um, Another coconut is dropping a feeling to an outcome. You know, if I do this, I'm going to feel this. Like if I get this, I'm going to feel this. Uh, If I don't get this, like it's going to be the end of the world. It's going to be okay whether it works out or not. But if you go into something tying a feeling to an outcome, like if I don't land this, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm the worst person in the world. No, because something else is around the corner for you. So I feel like the fear coconut has to be dropped. The outcome coconut has to be dropped. The right company and people will find you if you're putting yourself in the right channels, in the right ways, applying for the jobs that you know really make sense for you. So rejection, you know, again, my my little cliche is rejection is the universe's protection. If someone is not moving forward, there's probably a good reason why. Um, And on to something next. So I would say just get yourself out there, you know, update your LinkedIn Update your bio. Be super excited about what you've done. Share those accomplishments. Like get yourself like interview ready and then, you know, get out and align with companies and people that should know you and do it like you have nothing to lose. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to I'm going to steal that from you, that rejection is the universe protection. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the credit for it, but I'm going to steal <laughs> no, it from no, you. I think I'm it was someone right else that said it too, but we'll just <laughs> <laughs> like all my things I hear now. But it's so true. I like I know I don't know. I think there's so many iterations of that, but I, I just love that like how it rhymes and comes together. But it's it, isn't it so true? It's I mean, really I can't true. tell you how many conversations I have with other people like crying that they didn't get a job or something worked out and then six months later like the company went under <laughs> or yeah. um or like just it, something crazy happened I'm like do you see now do you see yeah, it, you know so it it's all pretty worked powerful. out it all worked yeah. out right yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and right with the people who are trying to change jobs from jobs that they have we have a lot of people as you've said at the beginning after the pandemic who are left without jobs and looking to get back into the workforce and I feel like that's another step that you have to process with your mind and drop a lot of coconuts about your expectations to what this job will be. Because in my head, when I thought about changing jobs or moving to another job, it needs to be the same level, it needs to be the same salary, it needs to be the same everything and better. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe there needs to be a shift um, when you are without a job and trying to get back into the workforce. And for example, when I went to work for Apple... I went to work as a specialist on the floor because, uh, first of all, I wanted to learn, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel that I have enough skills. But I could have come and say, oh, I've managed this, I've managed that, I've been for 20 years, but I was like, no, I need to take a step back. Do you feel that people want to take a step back or are they after something bigger and better even though they don't have something in their hands? 
Yeah, some. I, I think a lot of it depends, again, on on the brand and the job of like what they'll be doing. And, and there's a lot of flexibility there. But I, I agree. I actually was talking to like a former like CEO president individual um, earlier this year who got a job at Starbucks. Yeah. And the Starbucks employees like thought it was a joke. Oh my god! <laughs> They're like, Secret why? Undercover do you... boss, undercover right? Boss. <laughs> like, why do you want to work here? Who are you working for? <laughs> like, you know, are we all yeah. getting fired? But they were like, I want to be in service. Like, I want to be on in the trenches. You know? Yeah. And gosh, I don't, I don't know if you've had some good bosses in your time, but who are the best bosses? And and you know, I think that my claim to fame coming from stores and retail and in recruiting is because I've done it before, right? Yeah. So I've been in it and I know what it's like. And I think some of the best bosses that are leading out there have also been in the trenches and, yeah. you know, are so relatable. So yeah, I mean, I think that there are definitely people that are pivoting where they don't need the corner office anymore. Um, you know, they don't need like the huge hefty salary to back it up. You know, there's yeah. so many other things, you know, whether it be benefits, time off, you know, remote flexibility, hybrid, mm -hmm. um, you know, other things that have changed in their lives where they're like, you know what? I want to see opportunities for what they are and what I can bring to the table, not just what someone can give me. So I love that. Yeah. I love it. And Megan, through this conversation, you gave us so many coconuts to think about that we can drop. Yeah. But if you had to give an advice today for people who want to change their career and we want to focus it, a couple of coconuts that you need to drop or you need to rethink before you do that. Yeah. My biggest coconut to drop is don't assume anything. It's like mm. like one of my favorite quotes too. Um, yeah. I don't again not sure where that came from. Um, I think it was my my coach Karen <laughs> who <Yeah>. pushed me. <laughs> but um, I think we sit a lot of people I work with in the assumption of well I'm not qualified for the job or I don't want to reach out to that person because I don't want to bother them or and they're probably busy or I'm not going to follow up with with that person via email because they probably get too many emails or yeah. uh, again you know putting this like already it's not happening <laughs> out yeah. there like mindset is a huge coconut I, I will say like drop huge. that assumption and live in this like fearless mindset where you're going into any interaction any interview with like why not me like why not you of course you can interview for that job <laughs> of course you can reach out to that person and ask for a conversation of course it's okay to follow up with somebody via email it's not just like a one and done situation anymore yeah. you know like people are busy I know I have to flag emails to make sure we're following up. Like, it, you have to be your best advocate. And I think to be able to do so, you have to feel like you are worthy. And and I think, again, like going into the with a fearless mindset of going back to my what I said before, you have nothing to lose is yeah. definitely a big coconut to drop. And then also um, just getting getting your stuff together, getting your assets together. I think dropping the coconuts of the fear of like sharing your accomplishments or not knowing how to like put yourself out there in the right way, whether you are able to do it on your own or sit down and work with a coach, like we we all have to do at times like an audit on ourselves yeah. and, you know, really align all of our assets. I mean, the first thing anybody does when they get your name or resume is Google you. 
So you better make sure that all of what you got out there is in alignment. Mm. We are all personal brands. You know, I talk about this a lot in some of the yeah. webinars that I do, but you have to drop the fear of putting yourself out there and really just do it, you know, just like just, get just do a, it. Yeah. Just do it. Get, get a big shiny profile going, get your resume up to date, get some recent accomplishments like front of mind so you can get in there and you're ready to share, look fabulous, feel fabulous, take care of yourself. But I would say those are the biggest, you know, those two coconuts for sure, um, where if you want to have a successful job search or at least feel good about what you're doing, um, those are pretty important to let go, you know? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Megan, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah. I mean, my one-stop shop is definitely through uh, MeganHool.com. So all the things I do is on my website. I'm in LinkedIn uh, at Megan Hool. So, you know, you can just type in my name and, and click the connect button and feel free to message me. And I'm at all things Meg Hool on social media. And we have the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Um, you can find me all really on Instagram. It's kind of where I'm the most active. But I love to engage with people. I love hearing from individuals. Would love to help you with any of your career goals or more coconuts to drop. So <laughs> I, <love laughs> I, hope to, I hope to hear from some people. Don't be afraid to reach out. Megan, thank you so much. And it's I hope pleasure. to talk to you soon. Yes, we will. Have a good thank day. Thank you. You Thanks. too. Bye-bye. Bye. I used to think of my career as something I constantly needed to nourish so I could propel forward. It is not lost on me that while I was so focused on feeding that beast, it took over my life. I got lost in it because I wanted better titles and better money. I was constantly trying to organize my resume to look more and more impressive, to show how much I had done or how successful I was. For years, I walked around with that piece of paper, sending it to recruiters and handing it out in interviews. That one page defined who I was, boiled down to a few sentences on a page, and often being boxed into these 300 words. I'm grateful to say my career is over. I'm letting the coconut go and I'm not looking back. If you want to hire me, you will have to make an effort and get to know me. The way I navigate the world and my ability to learn new things that might not be part of what I previously did. You see, in 20 years of working, I didn't earn titles to display on a piece of paper proudly. I earned a set of skills that are only limited by my imagination. I'm letting go of the person you need me to be because I'm capable, adaptable, and deserving. And let me tell you, with the tools I've acquired in the past 20 years, I can go any distance, I can climb any mountain, and I can do anything my heart desires. Thank you for listening. If you're inspired, reach out to me. I would love to hear your story, and maybe we can drop a few coconuts together, who knows? If you share this podcast with someone you love, I wouldn't be mad at you at all. And I'm grateful that you curved a moment out of your time to join us. Until the next time, drop some coconuts in three, two, one.